Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner here, Illini Inquirer publisher. And we have a podcast that I think is going to get a lot of interest today because the biggest topic ever since this pandemic started and Illini sports was shut down was will Io DeSumo, will Kofi Coburn come back for one more season of Illinois basketball? We dive into that question and why and possibly how things have changed for either of them during this pandemic and why that would be. So we dive into it. Derek Piper, Alina Inquirer, will join me to talk about what this draft process is like. His IO uh, changed anything in his process. Uh, how has this pandemic could possibly affected Kofi Coburn? And what is the read on these two guys going into what is the final withdrawal date, August 3rd, barring some big change at the NCAA at the last moment. But Monday is when these two have to decide whether they will stay in the NBA draft before a draft combine, before any kind of workouts for NBA teams. It is an odd, strange year. It is not great for those prospects uh, who are obviously going through the process right now to get as much feedback as possible. But we also discuss the huge impact this could have on Illinois basketball. One for the positive, maybe halfway for good, and possibly how this could make a negative impact on the Illinois program. And if both don't return, what the Illinois program could look like and what that means uh, for the Brad Underwood era so far. So we dive into all of that because this is a huge week for Illinois basketball, obviously the biggest week since uh, we saw Illinois last play against Iowa and we thought they were headed for the postseason, both the Big Ten tournament as a top four seed and the NCAA tournament likely as a top seven seed, maybe top six seed. So let's dive into it. Io, Kofi, what are their decisions? What will that uh, say about the process and how will it impact Illinois? That's coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back into the Illini Enquirer podcast, and what a massive week uh, for Illinois basketball ahead. I was talking with Derek before we started recording this. Probably the biggest since uh, we thought that they were playing for seeding in the uh, Big Ten tournament and playing for seeding in the NCAA tournament and beat Luca Garza in Iowa. Uh, but it's a big week for Iowa basketball, trying to learn if Luca Garza, Big Ten Player of the Year, uh, National Player of the Year candidate, comes back. And it's obviously a huge week for Illinois basketball as well as this could be the difference, these decisions, in whether, you know, uh, Illinois is a top 10, top 15 kind of team or a team fighting on the NCAA tournament bubble whenever they come back to play. Uh, but Derek Piper, big week ahead with the uh, NCAA withdrawal uh, from the draft deadline on August 3rd. Uh, no hyperbole here. This is this is a monster week for Brad Underwood's program. A lot of fans on pens and needles with this. A big sweat going, probably a bigger one than they would have anticipated. Of course, uh, we'll dive all into it. But Iowa Desumu has, you know, at the beginning of the year, Illinois staff was even selling to recruits that, hey, Iowa's going to be gone after this year. He's going to have a great year. He's going to go to the NBA. And so that is has been expected for a while. Kofi, the plan all along has been two years. And when you look at the feedback that he's gotten, at least in terms of mock drafts and everything that we can see, is that another year at Illinois would be really beneficial, of course. COVID-19 has presented some some risk for him and anybody that's looking to return. You mentioned Iowa, Luka Garza's been able to, to look at that, and his dad has been vocal about, look, if there's no season, that really hampers what he could potentially do and, and what his stock would be a year from now. So it's, it's really – it puts players in a tough situation, but unless the NCAA shocks us all and, and makes a good move and pushes the date back here in the next couple of – couple of days really it's august august 3rd and we're going to find out some really huge news all right derek so the big question is you know this is not a normal process this is not a normal time you know we've been covering that for four months but the draft is is going to be we still got months until the draft right october i believe so yep. how has this pandemic just affected this process and possibly affected the decisions for io DeSumo and kofi Coburn? A ton. It's affected it a ton in a normal circumstance. You have the combine, and I was obviously going to get invited. And I think this year the invites are being extended as far as all the players they're going to invite. We might see some of those guys in the top tier. The for sure lottery picks might not even show up because they're we've done enough, and we don't need to run the risk of of exposing ourselves. So maybe that gets a Kofi and a Luca Garza in the draft, but also those are intriguing prospects and executives might want to see them anyways. But the difference this year, of course, the obvious one is you have a combine in a normal year and then you get to work out for some teams for 10 days. And by the end of that 10 days, you got to decide whether you're coming back or not. You have as a player, all the feedback you've gone, you've had the combine experience, scouts and league executives are there to see you. You're going up against guys that you're competing for draft spots with. So you have the full idea of where you're going to probably be drafted and then you make your decision. So now an IO who that was really valuable to him in the process, obviously anybody that's making that decision wants that opportunity. Now you have to decide whether you're in or not before you get all of that. So uh, you've been able to have, zoom calls and talk to teams and it's not like they haven't seen them during the season that's part of the homework that's that's the whole idea is seeing what kofi did in the big 10 what io's done so they have that sample size but now also then on the to extend it is the uncertainty in the college season so players 
are feel for, fearful of getting stuck in college with no season. And there is the, the counter argument or, or what's being presented as well. If there's no season, then you could go overseas and, and find a way to get paid and play and just say, it doesn't mean you have to go to school for, you know, August through May. You don't have to finish out the sem- both semesters, but uh, it, there's a little bit of a difference than having an NBA team give you a contract. And if there is another outbreak and there is no NBA season, you're under contract with an NBA team versus still being a collegiate student and, and having all of that uncertainty. This NCAA this withdrawal NCAA. date has been always a, uh, a thing I'm not a big fan of, Derek. Um, the, when they set this date, it made no sense to me because they had no idea when the draft combine would be. And, and maybe that's why they, they just said it. Is, is coaches want answers, and I get it. Because Brad Underwood's job um, you know, is much harder without knowing the decision of Io DeSumo or Kofi Coburn. Not that they'd find a replacement right now for those guys, and they'd definitely leave a spot open for those guys, but I understand how hard that is. But uh, for an organization and all these coaches that say they do the best for the student-athletes' best interests, um, I, I just feel like that date is, is really unfair to them because it's like if you and I, Derek, to take an interview with somebody, we had to quit our job, right? Just, just to be a candidate. Right. Uh, for that job. Uh, so obviously these guys are going to get work. I was going to make money playing basketball. Kofi's going to make money playing basketball. Uh, but that, that withdrawal date is just, I feel like if there's a one-time exception, the NCAA should have made it this time around and, and let these guys go through the process and coaches got to understand that, yeah, it's not ideal for us this year, uh, but we want what's best for those kids to get the full picture. And maybe that makes it more likely that guys actually would come back from yeah, it's, it seems so blatantly obvious. I know that there are some complications with being enrolled in classes. So if you were to come back, you got to be able to have the grades be in school to be able to play. Um, I know that could they enroll in online classes? You have like a two-week window. I know that's the case at Illinois where classes start August 24th. There's a two-week window there where you could enter late into courses. Uh, but could you have Kofi and I? And look, there, there's travel throughout the season where – athletes have to have exceptions for, you know, in comparison to a normal student. So if Io and Kofi are figuring out their future, could the U of I pull some strings where they're able to do some of their coursework while they're not there? Yeah, I think that that would be able to work out. I think everybody's uh, going to have to do that right now, right? Not being on campus and getting their coursework. Yeah, exactly. The, the one thing I would say is the NBA could help the NCAA out a little bit by giving them, putting the plan in place. What's the date? What's the location? How's the format? When is this going to be done? So the NCAA can sit there and say, okay, it's August 25th. We can work with that. Maybe we'll, we'll push it back. But right now the NBA has sent out invites to a combine that has no date. So that hasn't really helped them either. Right. But of course, yeah, the NCAA put this in place. It, it was probably something they were going to try to figure out as they went on. Uh, but as it's set right now, it hasn't given, it hasn't done what it's meant to do and give players really, a lot of time or a lot of increased information. Io Desumu throughout this process has been clear. Um, so I know people are trying to read into social media posts as they try to, but just coming from his word, right? And every time he's been interviewed by us or he spoke to anybody, it's I'm 99% in. And if I get the feedback I like, 
Um, if I if I'm told I'm likely to get drafted, I'm gonna go. And I don't think anybody could disagree with that, even if he's a second round pick. Um, and at this point, Derek, I've always felt like Io's floor at this point is probably a two way contract, right? Like some somebody is gonna give an opportunity at the G League and to make money and, and be a step away from the NBA. So. I guess, is anything changed with him or is there anything that he could really do at the draft combine that would change people's mind? Or is there anything he could do really coming back to Illinois for a third season that could really change anybody's mind on him? Because while he would be one of the best players uh, returning in the NCAA and while he'd be an Illinois legend for coming back, I don't know if it helps his draft stock because he was better this year and it didn't help his draft stock. Yeah, you do make a good point there. I, I do think he still has a lot to gain if he were to come back. Like, obviously, in a in a perfect situation, scenario, they play this season, and Illinois is as good as advertised. Uh, if if he, he and Kofi came back, they would be a national contender, uh, go on a run. I think it would really be tied to his three-point jump shot. If he made the kind of strides that he made with the mid-range game, uh, off-the-dribble game, because that was a made – one of the main critiques of him after year one was his spot-up shots, even from three, were at a really good percentage. But when he put it on the floor and it was going to pull up, he just wasn't making those at a high clip. It was below 30%. Well, we all saw the mid-range game and, and how if he got to one specific spot, it was game over for a lot of teams. If he was able to make those strides from three, still really everything else with his game be the same and be an all-Big Ten type of guy, go on a run. We've seen what – value a tournament run has done to some people's stock uh i i think he can slot himself into the first round if he were to do that now i understand why for a couple of reasons why he wouldn't want to come back because one if there's no season number two we saw and we we were reacting to when he hit the floor against michigan state and what yeah. seemed like the end of his Illini career and just the fear of that happening again so when you combine both of those factors yeah i, I understand that I think in Iowa's mind, the only thing that's changed is for the NBA to come out and at least send out invitations. Again, they have to put a plan in place. But showing their intentions of having a combine, it says to Iowa, I'm going to have my opportunity to further show people. And knowing how he operates, yeah. it's if I get on the floor against some guys, I'm going to kill them, and I'm going to show everybody why I belong in the NBA. And I fully agree with you that someone's going to want to own his professional rights, whether yes. it's going to be it's going to be a draft pick, at very worst, undrafted two-way, somebody in the league is not going to just say, that guy goes to the G League and he's up for grabs for whatever team wants him. I agree with you, Derek. And you and I have been around him enough to know, like, yeah, there are things you can pick apart about his game, but unlike a lot of guys, you know he's going to get better. Like, he's definitely going to get better. Now, maybe there's a ceiling to that, um, but you've seen his athleticism get better. You've seen him bulk up and really add strength when he was a skinny guy in high school. So uh, I, I just have no question he's going to get better, and I have no question he will play whatever role a team wants him to play uh, to be a part of a successful organization. He's not a me guy. Um, he's very you know smart when it comes to branding all those different things, but he is the, the ultimate culture guy that that matters still in the NBA. If if people don't watch like the successful organizations, whether it's the Raptors, the, the Pacers, the the Clippers, now um, they have that kind of structure and that kind of culture. And I, I think he'll um, be. I don't know about a steal, but I think he'll definitely be a worthy investment for whatever NBA team picks him up. 
Yeah, it seems like he's going to be a guy that you're going to feel pretty good about, obviously with the preparation, and he's someone that you're going to know where he's at. He's in the gym or he's at home with his family. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely, the trajectory of his game, really, ever since he got to Illinois, is going up. He's continued to get better. He's addressed certain areas. As you mentioned, he's got stronger. He's filled up the upper body, which has been big, uh, still electric transition. Uh, and if he can still elevate a little bit more as far as vertically to be able to finish – over some taller defenders, which he got better at last year and continue to get better in that area. But, yeah, he, he just – he brings a lot to the table. Does he have some limitations? He does. Uh, but he has shown that he's going to address that. No one's going to – no one's going to put in more time than, than Io is. So, uh, look, he, he's been preparing like a pro ever since he got to Illinois and really throughout his career. Uh, he's a guy that, that just fits that mold. And, and you're not going to worry about him – not putting in the time or not being invested into winning. Like he, he brings all of that to the table. I've always, I always love comps. You know, there, there's always some qualifiers with these, but uh, Trent Meacham's always told me Leandro Barbosa, uh, those Suns teams, he was on those teams. I can see that a little bit, uh, but also kind of the second career of Sean Livingston, that kind of player. Now, ah. you know, like just, just a role player on a good team that does a little bit of everything, not a great shooter, uh, not as long as Sean, uh, but those kind of impact guys, I just think he can be a really good role player. Sean Livingston's a nice one. Uh, yeah. I like that. With the, with the length, obviously, uh, can play on and off the ball. You think that he's a guy that, as he develops his jump shot, could could even shoot the three a little bit better than Sean. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for those Warriors teams to be able to come in and have the length. And I still think he has tremendous upside as a defender. Yeah. If he decides and, and commits to that end of the floor, and look, I was going to do whatever – he can to win and, and to continue to, to elevate himself. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that role player for him seems like something that would, would be very solidified. Obviously, he's going to have to prove it, but I, I'd feel pretty good about thinking that he lasts around in the, in the NBA for a while. All right, Derek Piper. Kofi Coburn has been the more interesting case throughout this because I've thought all along I would stay in here. Kofi, I think all along we thought he will come back. Um, but I do think when we talk about the pandemic impact – this has got to play a big factor for Kofi because somebody will pay him money to play basketball. He's too talented. He's too much of a force not to make money playing basketball. And, and remember, he's, did he turn 21 already? I mean, he's he's an older soft, or older freshman slash sophomore, rising sophomore here. And, you know, he's only he's only wants to stay one more year if he did go to college. And, and that unknown, that uncertainty – Seems to be the buzz, Derek, or at least the feel or his social media posts as, as much as we can see it, that signs starting to think that maybe he can lean into this draft and, and he stays in and, and sees what the process has for him. Yeah, the, the momentum is clearly is building. I, I don't think anyone can sit here and know for sure what Kofi's going to do. Of course, there are the red flags, at least in terms of if you're sitting there from an Illinois perspective and he's not on your campus and uh, he's about to make a decision. He's back in New York working out and uh, posting stuff on Snapchat about needing to take risks and, and look and, and bet on yourself and all of that. And I understand, again, I, I think it's a, it's a significant risk to jump into the NBA water right now and, and try to make it as far as where his game's at and all that he needs to improve. At the same time, you, you could flip it around and say it's a significant risk to go back to Illinois and there not be a season. And what's your where's your stock, where's your momentum uh, a year from now? So I, it's it's a tough one, and it's one that really we didn't expect. 
because he came back on campus. I've said it before that Georgie didn't leave because he couldn't, and, and Boss Man was in Bloomington for a while and then came back to Champaign. But Kobe was your first returnee back on campus. Seemed like a great sign all throughout the offseason. It's been expected that Kofi would be back. That's the staff had been given um, some good in- indications that, that would happen. But yeah, as this has continued to build with the uncertainty of the that the pandemic has presented, and more people have brought to the table as we talked about more is with college football not necessarily ready to roll. Is college basketball going to be in a position to be the same or or get held up? And I think that that's made someone like Kofi think more about it. And, and now there are those question marks that he's clearly wondering and, and thinking on and maybe yeah he, he, he's he has a seven foot body he's 280 he can run pretty well for his size and I mean he's, he's a monster so whether it's going to work out of the NBA what, he's going to find a level where he's going to get paid a lot of money to play basketball yeah and and you mentioned a guy like Luka Garza who we all thought was coming back that seems up in the air right so it's not just a Kofi thing here it's a lot of guys even if they know they might not get drafted it's like well it might be best just to start because overseas no, Ravante Rice is making money playing basketball over there right now. Those 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 places might play basketball sooner than us, given where the COVID numbers are here. All right, uh, Derek, what what do you think about Kofi? Like I I think most times I say if guys want to go, usually their stock doesn't rise all that much, right? If they're a borderline draft pick or they're they're a draft pick, but he's a guy I think could gain a lot if there were a season if he did come back. Because just the individual attention he'll get from Orlando Antigua, uh, the individual attention he'll get from Adam Fletcher, and I think that continued maturation where Kofi really attacked that, and, and he's changed his body. And it's not just Fletch. I mean, it's Kofi doing this as well. And then Antigua, obviously, is a big man coach, has proven himself with all those NBA guys. It's just he gets that in- individual investment that, you know, you go to a pro team, they can cut you, right? And, and, and they can go find another guy. Oh, no, I can't find another guy like you. So they would be more invested. And I do think Kofi could, I don't know if he'd get himself to a first round next year, but I, I do think he can get himself to where you're one of the top three or four players in the Big Ten next year, which he would be. Uh, I think you're getting drafted. Yeah, I fully agree with that. If you're signed a two-way deal and you're in the G League, how much are you really You're not being seen by the coaching staff or, or the league execs? They just want to know. They're, I mean, they're going to watch the film, but the everyday – getting better with Antigua, with Fletch. I mean, the sample size of the past year, or the year that he was from the time he arrived, June of 2019, through that season, the growth that he showed in that environment was incredible as far as his body and uh, what he was able to do with his game. And, and there's still a lot more that he can do. I just think you look at 14 and nine a game and he's someone that didn't even score that well with his back to the basket as far as traditional post-ups. And also who wouldn't want to spend a year with, look, Io set him up greatly as far as the pick and roll and lobbing it to him. Who doesn't want to spend a year with Andre Curbelo and, and try to go on a run. And obviously, again, if you, if Illinois went on a run and Kofi was a big part of that, if he, I mean, he could be, especially if Lucas stayed in Kofi, why couldn't Kofi be the big 10 player of the year? Yeah. I think that would be on the table for him as well. So uh, I just think there's so much for him to gain and develop, as you mentioned, with the, the kind of guys that are getting a lot out of him. And that's why Illinois thinks he should come back and why a lot of people feel like it's a big risk and maybe not the right time for him to go. Yeah, I think the three paths we see in front of us are right, the most unlikely is that Iowa and Kofi both come back. And if that happened, I think most people would have him top 15. I think if if Illinois and you know Luca came back with Iowa, if all those guys came back, 
I think most people would have Iowa above them. I'd probably have Illinois because I think they play defense a little bit more. Maybe that's Homer, but that, that would be a great battle, right? Michigan State up there as well. Um, but if both those guys come back, that's a Big Ten title contender. That, that's a team capable. I, I never say, oh, that's a Final Four team because it's a single elimination tournament. But that's a team capable of making those runs. And that doesn't happen that often at Illinois. If one of them comes back, and let's go with Kofi here, that's a top half Big Ten team. That's a very likely NCAA tournament team. But Derek, the possibility now seems, man, maybe both don't come back. Where's that leave Illinois for what would be hopefully the 2020-21 season? That's the uh, that's the question, and I, I just feel like it, it's crazy in terms of the top level of that. And again, we we presented that the the likelihood that both come back is just very, very low right now. So maybe it's a pipe dream to even discuss. They'd be a top 10 team. They'd be on the short list of, you know, the 20, 15 to 20 teams look at it before the year and say, these are the teams that have what it takes to, to win it all. If they do get in the tournament, I think Illinois would be one of those. Uh, if you don't get either of them back, it's a team that isn't guaranteed a tournament because you have now, Georgie's your five man, which look, we've seen Georgie, what he can do offensively. And if he gets that back, I'm, he's talented. And I, I have, I have some reservation. A lot of people want to see what Georgie's going to be as a junior and not feel, you know, maybe super confident based on the struggles as a sophomore, but offensively, I think that they could be potentially fine. Um, yeah. I know that look again, IO Felice Griffin as the shooter, there are some things they need to address defensively is what you really wonder about because when you go when you, in terms of Ken Palm, the beautiful transitions from the red to the green, if you're not familiar from like some of the worst in the country to some of the best in terms of those categories, a lot of that had to do with Kofi being in the middle. And as far as two point field goal percentage, defensive rebounding, uh, those are things that really allowed Illinois to get stops and, and then to, to, to win. And that was, that was a big difference for them. So uh, Georgie's not a rim protector. Georgie, has shown that look when he's guarding Luca and when a lot of people guard Luca they give up points. But when Georgie is who's six foot nine and you go I go back to picture I took of the whole team in Italy, Bossman's Verdonk is taller than him by by a half inch, if not an inch. So is Georgie even a true six nine? If he's guarding centers who are near seven foot, it's gonna be tough for him guarding post ups. All of a sudden you don't have that guy who's even contesting shots, let alone swatting some away. He's not a great rebounder. Uh, and behind him I don't – Jermaine Hanlon, I, I just – I don't think he's ready. I, I wouldn't feel good at all about him playing significant minutes in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, and there's no magic transfer out there, right? <laughs> at this point, like I, I know with football and stuff, like some of these conferences are deciding to shut down football. So you see some like FCS players or, or lower level players all of a sudden enter the transfer portal just to play this fall and, and help their draft stock. Uh, basketball, obviously, that decision's probably not going to be made before school starts. So, so Derek, we praise Brad Underwood, understandably so. Uh, he did an unbelievable coaching job. Stephen Gentry played a role. I don't want to discount Chin Coleman, Orlando Antigua. The whole thing, that whole staff made huge adjustments uh, that helped them succeed this year. But they couldn't do that without Kofi, right? Like Kofi was the, the key to it all to be, to be able to play the defense they did, to be able to make some offensive adjustments that they did. So what can this staff do or what do they have to do to find a way to be successful the next time they take the court? Yeah, I think offensively, you could still probably do a lot of the same stuff. I think you still want to play a lot of ball screen. You still a lot of 
putting the ball instead of in Io's hands, putting it in Curbelo's hands and allowing him to to make decisions, make reads, to have shooters around him with Adam Miller, Austin Hutcherson, Trent Frazier. Uh, Georgia can still be a guy that's rolling to the basket. And, and again, you're not lobbing it up to him like you're lobbing it up to Kofi. Uh, and then also you can get him post touches and you hope that his feel, his touch around the rim comes back to what it was as a freshman or something close to that. I think Illinois could be, of course, you're needing now if you lose Io, and especially if you lose Kofi, those are two pillars of your offense. And obviously Felice and uh, Alan Griffin were those as well. You're going to really, really need Curbelo and Adam to be to be really good early, especially because um, you're, you're going to get challenged with your schedule again if that schedule holds up as far as the non-conference and everything. We don't know that. But just in general, they need to be good. They need to be reliable. And uh, we know that Io is a freshman. He he struggled uh, early on in those first two months, especially even a Brandon Paul, you go back to him, had a pretty inefficient freshman year. So uh, I would pinpoint Adam Miller. We need to step up. Uh, but, again, I think schematically you could do a lot of the same things. Uh, you're going to look to really run and transition and get up and down. Uh, defensively would be the question mark. And you're, you're not going to feel as good about getting guards being really aggressive going to the three-point line maybe with if they get burned by and you don't have the seven-footer in the paint able to adjust a shot. So that just puts more pressure on the guards to be able to stay in front and, and to be able to, to, to really do both, to get out and, and guard the threes, uh, but not allow them to get to the rim because you don't have a guy who can swat that away. So uh, do I think they'll go back to full-on pressure, deny, gamble defense? I don't. I, I don't know if Stephen Gentry could sleep at night if, if he let Brad do that again. Uh, but maybe if, maybe that you see it in packages with some smaller ball lineups. I just I think overall you might see a team that has to win more like Brad did at Oklahoma State with a lot of offense and maybe not a ton of defense. Yeah, Iowa basketball, this thing. Um, man, it's it feels like, Derek, that if we're, – we're kind of sitting here, and this conversation is speculative, of course, um, of, of what Kofi decides to do because I, I think we both think Iowa's going to go. But if Kofi doesn't go, that's kind of what we're talking about here. If that happened – and say Illinois, you know, even if they make the tournament next year and, and find a way to do that, which would be a great coaching job, it'd be a great sign of progress for the program uh, to do it with a, a young team, mostly again. I mean, I know Trent and Georgie and DeMonte would be back, but that's still a lot of overhaul in, in a year. And make these two years, because you missed the NCAA tournament, you missed the postseason, you'd miss an, another possible year of Kofi. It'd make We're going to look back on those two years if that happens and be like, what if, what if, and, and, and I don't hold it against Brad Underwood. Like, you know, the, any evaluation of his tenure, you can't hold that against him because maybe they would have lost in the first round, but that was still a great year last year. Uh, but if Kofi comes back, uh, that's an NCAA tournament team. But if he doesn't, I, I won't hold it against him if they miss out on the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's true. It, it would just be so much potential momentum sacrificed. And, and like we've talked a ton about, the rebuild steps and getting back to number one, getting back to the tournament, doing it with recruiting uh, and really pairing it with filling needs with high impact players. Which they did as far as Io and Felice leaving, which they fully expected uh, to get Adam Miller and Andre Curbelo. And then if you don't, again, you don't, you don't get the fruits of having the breakout season and going to the tournament and ending a streak and all that, that stuff matters. Cause yeah. if we're sitting here next year and, uh, it's still been since 2013 since they've gone to the tournament and they don't go because of the circumstances of Kofi leaving a year unexpectedly. And it just, it puts you in a spot that 
yeah, you got to say a, a ton of, of of what if and what could have been and so Illinois, as a lot of Atlanta <laughs> fans would say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and and again, you would need to to fill that that need for Kofi. And I don't know if you can do it now. I, I would be very skeptical that you can. Uh, but 2021 again, you, you would need to be able to get that Mac ETN or, or whoever it may be or transfer to come in and, and, and be your five man because Georgia can be it. He's got two more years left, but you're going to need another answer in there. Yeah, um, it'd be it'd be a big year for Trent Frazier and, and Georgie. Uh, th- those guys would have to do a lot. Demonte, who had a fantastic end of the year last year, probably don't talk about him enough. And and Hutcherson and Grandison. I mean, you have a talented wing. It's just the reason when we had this hypothetical of who would you rather come back if you can only pick one, Iowa Kofi. Well, you got options outside of Iowa at the guard position. There's no other Kofi. And I, I said you you don't hold it against Brad if if they didn't make the because Kofi doesn't come back. That's the importance of depth, right? And that's the importance of of recruiting. And I I still think this would be a very big. The, if you want a silver lining, Derek, you have two guys who, if they decide to go pro, are going to make a lot of money going pro, right? Like you finally have recruited those kind of guys who can do that. Iowa has shown that you can succeed by picking Illinois. That helps you get Adam Miller. That helps you get Andre Corbello. Kofi and his success gets you in the conversation for the Mac ETNs and, and all those guys that you hope to get uh, in the next run. But that's the reason you got to keep doing it. Uh, but this staff has shown they can recruit that talent. That's why no matter what happens in this next week, I'm, I'm still encouraged long-term about what the staff is doing. Yeah. I, and I'm glad you brought that up. Just the, the pedigree and, and the staff has proven that, here in the last three, four cycles, really, since they've been here, they've been able to get some of those top-tier additions, the top 50 guys that really move the needle for your program. Uh, but it, And, again, you, you bring up a good point with guys going pro. If you polled the majority of guys you know, playing in the UIBL or just the top 100, 100 caliber of talent, what do you want to see at other programs? It's, it's guys that they've sent to the league. That's the goal for a lot of these guys is getting to the NBA, and they want to see guys that – look like them or play like them or, or of their their talent that made it or that they, they've produced. And I know that Illinois didn't necessarily have that before, and they were able to get an I.O. before that or a Kofi before that. Uh, but building off of that with with I.O. and Kofi finally making that, and it's not the last NBA player is Myers Leonard, that helps you as a program. You're going to have to further that and get those next that next crop of talent in there. But, yeah, you still got to be really excited about – uh, Curbelo and Miller and and a lot of those guys on this team in the upcoming year, if Kofi and Io both did not decide to to come back, and that would really say a lot about Brad if that team was still able to make the tournament and make you know be a, a top half of the Big Ten uh, or even you know top five. I, I think that would still be a possibility for them. Uh, just more challenges, more unexpected challenges. Because look, I mean, if you would have talked to Brad at the end of the end of the year and said, what are you expecting for next year? Yeah, he knows Io's probably gone, is in all likelihood gone, Felice is gone, but he thinks he has Kofi, and he thinks he has Alan Griffin, and those are two huge pieces that you, you're not going to have probably, well, if Kofi decides not to go. When, go, we, to when go. we were up at Northwestern, and then we had the Alan Griffin game, I couldn't have imagined a 2020-21 roster that didn't have, you know, I mean, Andres Felice and Io, we knew probably were going, but didn't have Kofi and Alan Griffin as well. I mean, that's four of the top 
five players. I mean, at times it was four, their top four players. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a lot. I mean, Brad Underwood's had a lot of overhaul each year uh, on his roster, except for really last year. And that's what led to, to a lot of success. You, you mentioned the, the guys in the NBA. I know they don't claim him and I know he doesn't claim them, but uh, Kendrick Nunn, pretty good. <laughs> Number three, good. probably in the rookie of the year voting. Not bad. Not bad. It, yeah. It'd be nice if, if there was some mutual, uh, Mutual orange and blue between the two, but yeah, yeah he's he's doing all right. He, he's doing pretty well there. Derek Piper, um, yeah. Anything else to add? I mean, I guess we'll find out Monday, and you'll get uh, I don't know thirty thousand messages from people asking what you're hearing. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's gonna be an interesting couple of days. Uh, it'll be interesting to, to follow the buzz on Kofi uh, again as we reiterate. I think we know what's gonna happen with Io, but it's gonna say a lot about what's coming up this season. Then if if Kofi does decide to stay in, what are the options, if any, out there? As far because you have two open scholarships, then, and, and what are you going to do on that front? So, uh, and then we're we're still really waiting to see when dominoes start to fall uh, more as far as the 2021 recruiting class. Lou Goody, of course, committed. It seems like forever ago now, and especially with what Michigan State's doing on the recruiting front, that's that's been ridiculous. But uh, for some of those priority targets for Illinois, when is is it going to be the normal? August through October, because you don't have the official visits. I'm doubting that that happens throughout that stretch. Are, are you going to have that normal window of then a bunch of commitments, or, or is it going to be pushed out even farther? That's another thing to kind of monitor. Well, Derek, we'll have decision primers ahead on the Illini Inquirer, and we'll cover the heck out of this. There are so many angles of where this could go over the next week. But uh, Derek Piper, I appreciate the time, man. Always fun, man. Let's uh, enjoy the ride, That's right. I, I think. <laughs> Big week, big week for Illinois basketball. And, of course, keep up to date with it at Illini Inquirer. Sign up for those text alerts. If we get news, you'll hear it, and we'll send it right to your phone. Uh, you can find those uh, online at IlliniInquirer.com. All right, I uh, wanted to get to some personal stuff before this. I, I know I made the announcement on radio that my um, run at ESPN Radio uh, 93.5, a uh, decade-long run, which I'm, I'm very proud of and, and very uh, very appreciative of has come to an end. Um, and I, I talked about, if you want to go find our podcast with the Jeremy Warner show about why I decided that all of that, uh, go ahead and, and, and listen to that. Don't want to bore you with that here, but, uh, I appreciate all our listeners. And I know a lot of those listeners listen to this podcast. I will continue the Illini Enquirer podcast though. So you will still hear Illini stuff, Illini content, audio content that you can listen to throughout your day right here on demand and what what else the future holds i'm not sure when it comes to that but there will be ways that you can listen to us and the online inquire podcast uh, is going to be a part of that so appreciate you listeners for kind of following me around here and, and making me a part of your day uh, making us a part of your day we really appreciate that if you don't already subscribe to the online inquire podcast wherever you get your podcast uh, you can subscribe to us rate us review us that always helps us out but we will talk soon. Uh, we'll have the latest on Illinois basketball. Illinois football is very busy on the recruiting trail. Uh, wrote about a couple transfers this week, a couple other high school prospects uh, they're going after. So get all the latest there, 247sports.com slash college slash Illinois. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illinois Enquirer podcast.